0: episode 84 yeah back up in this thing man it's uh showbiz is is bubbling there's a lot going on it's it's back it's it's back it's on the precipice of being back still quarantining basically things are starting to open back up a little bit before i forget start the clock 84 randy moss man it doesn't get much better than that to me, he's, like, the most talented. Now, he didn't like Jerry Rice. Like, obviously, you still, like, you look at the numbers, you say Jerry Rice is better. Right, but- Randy but, Moss, the most talented wide receiver. When you're playing pickup football, they say you got Mossed. They yeah. don't say you got Riced. Yeah. And, and, you know, those are just the facts. Yeah. We just, listen, we're just here to report the facts. That's it. Yeah. We offer no opinions. Yeah, okay, yeah. Actually, all we do is offer opinions, and we don't fact check anything. But the podcast is underway. Before we jump into things, because- you know, I'm. You're ready. You're on an the diving board. I'm very You're anxious looking in the deep end. I got a lot of thoughts. I got okay. a lot of opinions. Not many fact checks. But before we get into that, I want to say shouts to the new Patreon members, new and old, really. But it's customary on our podcast episodes here that we offer greetings, salutations, thank yous, thank yous, welcomings to the new Wolfpack members. What so, have yous? Exactly. So with that said. First up is Adam Neal. Welcome to the pack, bruv. Yes. Welcome aboard. You don't have any cool nickname for him? Uh, Adam Neal? Neal? No, no. That's a guy that I just probably call him his first and last name. Like Adam Neal's here. Okay, what's up? Well, he's got Adam Neal. How the hell are you? Yeah. Two first names. You know, it's always a nice way to go. Yeah. Ricky Bobby, Adam Neal. There you go. Shouts to Terry Zier. Hopefully I didn't butcher that. No, I, th- I think that's how you say it. I am the substitute teacher. The name butcher. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's for sure. Uh TZ. Yeah, TZ. TZ. Shouts to Jordan Scott. You know what's funny? We've talked a lot about the Jordan documentary, but a lot of people named Jordan, I bet you, in that same kind of time frame. In oh, that yeah, same yeah. range. Yeah, in the 90s. Lots of Jordans. Yeah. Lots of Jordans being born. I wonder what about the Michaels. Mm. I mean, that's always a popular name, but I don't think that people like see Michael Jordan. They're like, I'm gonna name my kid Michael. Yeah, Jordan is a little bit more some more like, spicy. Yeah, it's definitely more spicy, no, 100 percent More inspired by. Absolutely. Shouts to Chris Murphy. Murph Dog. Murph Dog. I mean, come on. If your last name is Murphy, you just are a Murph Dog. Yeah. That's just the way it goes. Born a Murph Dog. Chris Murph Dog Murphy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he that sounds like a, a bare knuckle boxer. Yeah, for sure some crazy ufc fights by the way yeah shouts to big pick 303 okay so that's the uh that's the aol screen name yeah that's the aim messenger we're taking it back late 90s early 2000s yep. when the aim messenger very underrated I, I i feel like it's one of those things where once it's gone you don't kind of appreciate it, it mean, as much it's we've like ta- dominique wilkins you know, I know appreciation, Get no respect. That, you just don't realize Dominique Wilkins was, was a bucket getter for a very long time. And I think he gets bulked in with some of the guys like Sean Kemp. I saw that recently on social media, that comparison. I mean, he's way better than Sean. And, Kemp, Exactly. And we loved Sean Kemp growing up. My but he's favorite, no my, Dom- va- my favorite player. But, but he's no Dominique Wilkins. No, not not even close. Shouts to the Rain Man, but it, you know it, it just it has to be this way. I mean, one of the things with Sean Kemp is like his rain. <laughs> <laughs> okay, dad okay. jokes. Dad uh, jokes. No, on deck. He, like his uh, prime, his peak was like three years. Yeah, it just he didn't do a real I, good job keeping. He, he uh, didn't maintain the of the bod. Yeah, he didn't yeah. take care of the bod real well. I mean, he went to the Cavs. He was still good. He was still an All Star, but he was no longer like the high flyer that he was. And he at no point was the bucket getter that Dominique was. No, Dominique used to go like back and forth with Larry Bird. Yeah. Larry Legend. Okay, good. So we have uh, more shout outs, more welcomings to do, but don't like to take too much time. Like to give everyone the energy that they deserve. And so we will dive back into that on the next episode. Yeah. But going back to AIM very quickly, it's something that we've talked about many times actually. But it was the uh, forefather of social media, basically. Yeah, I think you could you could say that. I mean, like like text, like even like text messaging. I remember the first text message I sent. I remember it, and I didn't know if you were supposed to type like it was uh, like a like on like an aim message. So I didn't know if I should put lol because it was, does it make any sense to you? No. Like I thought there was two different uh, grammatical. Acceptabilities. No, no, no. The, the, this is where you you veer left and and just go down a bad road. NMU. So, no, nothing much. You. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. The I'm, abbreviations. It all started there. I'm just saying. I I agree with you there, and that's where it stops. <laughs> that's where your take has to end. ASL. <laughs> um. So, it's I don't even know where to start. Right. We got the Last Dance. We got Drake. We got Iron Mike Tyson. Oh, there's just. There, look, Let's just start with that. Okay. Iron Mike. He's getting back in shape. So we've been, I feel like he's very methodically taking over. He, he, he's, he's got a good social clips. media manager. He's given us clips, he's given us teasers over maybe like the past year or so where, you know, it'll show he still got it. Yeah. He still got it. Maybe it started in the hangover. He still got it. And I mean, that was like the beginning of like, hey, he still got it but more i mean that that, exactly that's why i cited it okay okay now fast forward to present day he's i mean the dude looks like an absolute terror yeah and i ask you this so we talked a couple episodes ago about would you go it was last episode around with him for 10 million what was it i think you said 100 million but you got a last you got a last around and i said i would do it now I, I guess I want to take this in a little bit of a different direction, a more realistic direction, because okay. let's be honest, I'm not getting in the ring with Iron Mike Tyson. It's just not going to happen. Okay, But do you think he could compete at the heavyweight level right now? Uh, I'd have to look at the heavyweight but Or if not right now, you you saw the clip that I'm referring to, right? It's like a 45-second like yeah, clip it's of insane. him. Yeah, it's insane. So the the speed is, is still something Phenomenal. to marvel at yeah, yeah if we're being realistic here right like i, I don't want to we're not like trolling this isn't like we're not speaking in sh- hyperbole we're not going the skip bayless shock drop uh shock jock yeah route but honestly all jokes aside in all seriousness do you think with what however long it took two three months whatever do you think with a few months of training for the goal do you think that he could compete with some of the heavyweights out there right now mike tyson versus tyson fury for example i don't think so and why because i i actually think that i know this is going to be a hot take i am biased i do love mike tyson i think that he could and i'm going to give you my argument in a second is your argument that deontay wilder competed with him and he's better than deontay wilder no that's not my argument okay my hey, argument hey, is stab. My, my argument is this Deontay Wilder is an absolute specimen and a ridiculously hard puncher. Okay. Tyson Fury beat him. For sure. Okay. Now, if it wasn't for Wilder flooring him at the end of their first fight, he wins the first fight. He one. wins the first fight. Yeah. He dominates him in the second fight. Yeah. Now, and I I think very highly of Deontay Wilder. I mean, he's a bad dude he's yeah, a very very bad dude for sure but something that always gets overlooked with mike tyson again it's like aol instant messenger right when you're looking back on it 20 years later it just doesn't you kind of lose what it was to some extent or there's a tendency to do that by the masses mike tyson was not just a puncher No, he's a he p- wasn't just he was a, a pugilist Deont- no no for Deontay sure wilder he was very very skilled at what he did now he did have a bad temper and he did have a crazy lifestyle outside the ring that you know he talks about it in different documentaries and in different biography type things where interviews just even interviews. he had had syphilis and was or gonorrhea and was in a heavyweight title match yeah you know and he's like you know my balls were just they were they were just burning they were on fire my balls were burning yeah and He called Don King a reptilian motherfucker, and that's got to be one of the best. His sound bites and interviews are goat. Yeah. I mean, that, that goes without saying. But, and he was doing drugs and he was partying and women and just all kinds of things that are not conducive to being a high level athlete. Yeah. But he was an incredible boxer in the style that he was. Oh, for sure. He wasn't Muhammad Ali, but. No, he was skilled though. His the way he's able to cut off the ring, his head movement, those little dipsy do hooks that he does, and dipsy do is not the right way to describe that because yeah. it's anything but a dipsy do. It's it's a thunderous uh, concussion. Dipsy uh, do is maybe packed punch. Dipsy do is something that maybe like your kindergarten teacher could like do. Yeah, Mike Tyson. I apologize. Please don't hunt me down and beat my ass. But here's why. Here's my realistic because i'm not just talking shit right now okay tyson fury is in bad shape let's be honest here and i know he lost a ton of weight and you know i'm a tyson fury fan yeah he's also an irish gypsy like myself okay I, i too am an irish gypsy so that that's my people right there okay he's my people but it's by athlete and fighter standards he's still sloppy and out of shape well here's the thing with him I mean, I mean let's keep it above he's heavy right he lost all the weight and not the, just heavy but but his structure well it's a little sloppy but he lost all the weight like he lost over 100 pounds right right and then he then he fought Deontay Wilder and his dad actually uh Fury Senior okay basically said that in the first fight the reason that he was kind of evading him the whole fight and was kind of being a whatever whatever yeah. like he was kind of dodging him the whole fight okay. was cuz he was out of shape and he didn't have the strength and which is why in the second fight he was the aggressor yeah i don't know which agree. is why he changed the whole fight plan that that's fine i i don't agree with that at all to yeah. me i think he was more scared of wilder in the first fight and was very very respectful and probably rightfully so of wilder's power but in the second fight i think he just knew that he was the better boxer i think in the first fight he was kind of trolling Wilder a little bit. He was kind of, you know, with kind of some of his antics. And there was a little bit of that in the second fight. But in the second fight, he was just like, look, I have, I'm going to jab the shit out of this dude. I'm going to outbox him. I'm going to outthink him. And I, I know what he brings to the table. And I am deeper than that as a fighter. And I'm just going to pick him apart. He, he looks out of shape. Now, I'm not saying that he can't run, a, run five miles in a decent time and all that stuff. But to me what you would think normally tyson's 53 mm-hmm. so what you would normally think with a 53 year old you know we talked a lot about jordan over the past month right everyone with this documentary going on if jordan went back to the nba today where would he struggle physically athletically yeah and just he, the he, grind of it he, he, he's a no but even if it was just one game he's a 53 year old dude yeah. i mean the speed and tempo of the game so you'd think even more so with a boxer but I'd be willing to bet that Mike Tyson could get in just as good a shape as just as good of shape. Yeah, I said that the right yep. way as Tyson Fury. I, I I believe that. I think that he's got Tyson Fury is just, he's not, he's kind of a sloppily built dude. And again, I'm not taking shots because well. he's a bad man, but I think Mike Tyson could hold his own. Okay. That's what I think. And I'm going to take it one step further. Uh, I'm going with Mike Tyson. Okay. I, I, I don't give a shit. I, I, I don't think he would personally. You, you might be right. I mean, yeah, that, and, and I'm speaking as a person who knows almost nothing about boxing, like outside of being a casual fan of the sport. You don't think he would. Do you think he could get in as good a shape as Tyson Fury? Yeah, but I think that that age basically does uh, hinder him on some level. What level? Oh, for one, bone density. All right. But, but you're getting scientific on it. I'm just uh, saying that like a 53-year-old guy doesn't have the same bone density. Uh, okay, fine. Like scientifically. So are you, you worried he's going to break his arm when he punches? No, not break his arm. I just think that it's going to, I think it'll be difficult for him. That's all. Give us some actual reasons. Bone density is your reason? No, I don't think he'd be able to, like, I don't think, like, yeah, we're watching him in a 45-second clip where he looks like the fucking most insane destructor on planet Earth. Right. I, you know you do that for 12 rounds f- what, well what? no one can do that for 12 rounds it, i mean no no for sure i'm just saying, I'm just I mean, saying even that- Floyd mayweather can't do that he would i'm not even necessarily saying i mean i mean i did say but i could see him losing to tyson fury but i could see him winning as well and i think that the normal um what's the word i'm looking for not the normal flaw in an older fighter would be shape and conditioning. And I think that he could get in just as good a shape and conditioning as Tyson Fury, if not better. Okay, well, I mean, that's now Tyson fine. Fury still might outbox him. Tyson Fury's reach and size might be way too much for Mike. Mike might not be able to get close to him. Tyson Fury's a very skilled guy himself. It's not like he's just going to stand there, you know, like yeah, me I and mean, you and let he, Mike yeah. Tyson tear his head off. But yeah, I mean, he's a fighter. He's a boxer. But I thought it was funny because when Tyson put out that clip, he said, I'm back, which means he's watching the same documentary that the rest of the world is. And I'd like to know what percentage of the world, of the United States, maybe, maybe it's not as popular other places, although Michael Jordan is global, what percentage of people are watching this documentary? Because everyone I know is watching it. Well, I think it's a little bit. I think it's a high percentage of people, but I think it's a high percentage of the people that we talk to and that we're involved with and that are in kind of our demographic. Yeah. Like our realm. I think it's kind of like, I forget what they call it, but like where you're just talking in echo chamber, like you're in, like, you know, you're doing something and everyone else that's around you is doing that same thing. I guess I disagree because, because that kind of implies that, Th- there's not that many people watching it no that that kind of thing. i'm saying like within our realm and demographic like basketball fans like which is like this so sh- so what, this huge umbrella i would say that most basketball fans are watching it so that's a huge i mean that's not our demographic basketball fans is, is spans way well beyond our i mean demographic. it depends on i'm not talking about like an age i'm talking about like that's the common denominator is basketball fans and i would say they're almost all watching it so that's a shitload of people then yeah for sure i mean you can look at the numbers though espn will know how many people watch it okay how many viewers for the last dance let's see what we got here let's fact check it so the last dance averaged six over six million viewers for episodes one and two so that's not that high to me that doesn't seem that high what does and through eight episodes it's a little under six okay so a little under six million what i guess i don't know what do normal shows get? I don't like, know. Like, look at, for example, like, let's look at Game of Thrones final, like, the the finale, as I've said as many times as dog shit. Like, let's go with the final season, episode one, for example. Okay. Let's see what we got here. So I think it's going to be higher than six million. Maybe I'm completely wrong. No, I would agree, too. I think Game of Thrones is going to appeal to a a wider audience than the Jordan doc. You know, I, I do think you're right about, I think every basketball fan is watching yeah. it. I, I, I disagree with your point about it being an echo chamber of our realm bec- or our demographic because- Well, you I, know, I, I'm not saying demographic like the, like like a niche part of the demographic. I'm saying like the-, the An I, echo chamber see, like kind of is like how I would describe sneaker Twitter, like a very niche thing. Yeah, okay, where so maybe echo chamber is not the right word, but I'm okay. talking about under the umbrella- of basketball fans, those people are watching it. Now there's, I'm sure there's a bunch of people outside of that that are right, yeah, kind of just interested in the cultural impact and different things. But that's a good point though, right? Like if you're not into basketball, like if you don't enjoy basketball at all, why would you watch it? Or you know, could we go as far as to say sports? Because for example, I'm not a golf fan at all. I don't golf. You and I golfed in college together. We took a golf class. The clubs were too damn short we both sucked we got a's though we did get ace all right and um you know hey listen we're not gonna look into the transcripts all yeah. right here yeah, but uh listen guy okay <laughs> i was happy good morning, So, but you're saying that you would watch a tiger woods documentary 100 oh I, yeah I, 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 I think that i would watch it but i wouldn't be how like as excited as i am like i oh, wouldn't, be, not, like, not, I wouldn't yeah. be like i wouldn't be like you know watching it like as it premiered and i think i, I think i, I just, would if it was a really big deal and it was produced really good and they marketed it and promoted it and there was excitement behind it i think i'd be into it not the same way i am with jordan i mean come on but point being i wonder if it extends to sports fans I, in general i'm sure and especially right now is this perfect time where no but there is no sports like besides ufc which just had uh actually that's true so you'd think that that would give it a bump as well yeah here's the thing so the season eight for game of thrones okay The season eight premiere which is what you wanted drew 17 million viewers across all platforms so that's hbo now hbo go hbo now okay yeah huh so 11.8 million watched it on the linear channel, which basically means on TV. Like that's how we're, that's how we're watching the last dance. Correct. So about twice as much. Okay. N- about, yeah, about almost exactly twice as much. Okay. So, I mean, that's interesting to know. Interesting. I, I mean, I, I, yeah. I, I, mean, I don't I think know a, what it is. I think a lot of people are watching the last dance. I think that like Mike Tyson's watching it and it got him riled up just like it got me riled up. I, I think I said this. and we keep saying this right i keep saying oh we're gonna deep dive it at the end and we're kind of like mini deep diving each which is fine couplet yeah if you will yeah i said that five and six were the best episodes by far in my opinion i am now saying after seeing seven and eight that seven and eight were the best kind of by far i i agree with you as i've as i told you right when they happened it's i said six was the best i said seven was the best episode and then with eight, I said, "Okay, those are the best two episodes." Yeah, you and I have been watching them together on a pink suede couch—very luxurious things. Shouts to Michael Jordan's Range Rover. I talked about it last episode. I got to talk about it again. It's it's moved into my dream car realm. It's, mo- it's it's moved into my dream car, Mount Rushmore. Okay, the red Range Rover, the two the, tray, the two tray on the license plate. Just incredible. there's a there's a car phone in it oh it's awesome like got the cell. That, that used to be the shit i don't know if you remember that like there was like cars that had like the celly in the car that's going back that's going back even before aol instant messenger yeah way before you know you know we're going like or at least the popularity i don't know about the inception we're of. going like early 90s where you took it out of like an assassin's briefcase was like in the in the beginning beginning yeah you, know, you took out thing was bigger than a toaster oven yeah all right but so i think seven and eight were the best two episodes so far I think that three and four, this may be an unpopular opinion. I know you agree with me because we talked about it when it was happening, but- Because we're talking into the echo chamber. Exactly. ourselves. We love Dennis Rodman, but I, I just wasn't that, I didn't think that the Dennis Rodman- Thing was all that captivating. Yeah, to me, I love Dennis Rodman. I watched the thirty for thirty on Dennis Rodman that happened like two and a half years ago or whenever. And even if you and didn't, I mean, th- there's been so many things done that it's the same stuff over and over. Yeah. So with the Jordan documentary, I'm a huge basketball fan, and I know a lot of these Jordan stories. Like I know he punched Steve Kerr in the face already. Like I've, yeah, we, I, we've heard about a lot. I've of this seen stuff. a lot of different things. I thought uh five and six. Shed some light on some new things, and there was the Dream Team documentary, or even if they're not new, in a little more detail. Um, well, that from a little more perspective. And one of the things that I think is really underratedly dope is Jordan is not of the social media era, yeah, so he's out of the limelight. Sure, he owns a basketball team and whatever, and he's, he's got, a billionaire and, and his Jordan brand and yeah. the sneakers and all that, but like the dude just kind of chills and keeps to himself as far as the public eye. Well, and that's- So now we're getting his takes on stuff like in present day about what happened then. So so that's cool. Yeah, but the thing is, and you see in episode six, which is why he isn't a social media guy because like Magic Johnson's on social media, like you see him all over the place. Jordan is not that way. He doesn't want to be, like he wanted to compete in that field and then he wanted to basically be gone. Yeah, that's not really that's not really part of his feng shui. It, it it's been the documentary as a whole has been awesome. I think why I love seven and eight the most is because it really humanizes MJ in a way that we can all relate to yeah. good and bad. Okay, so previously, you know, we had heard about the gambling and and this and that and stuff, and they touched on, you know, his competitiveness and different yeah. stuff like that, right? But we saw his relationship with his dad, yep. who then was murdered and and the you know, I can't even imagine, you know, the the heartache and the depression and, and just everything that you're trying to fight that comes with losing someone so close to you. So and you know he's sobbing on the floor after they win that championship. On Father's Day, yeah. Right. And that was when he came back from baseball. Yeah and now obviously they didn't win right when he came back but that next chance that he got after the magic beat up on those guys yeah the next year they turned things around they added some new pieces to the puzzle which again goes to show you even Jordan needed help yeah you know like when they lost Horace Grant and they lost they needed to fill in those pieces or they were going to have trouble competing yeah and so they got Rodman and Kerr and, and they got those other guys, Luke Longley and Kukoc. And so, but they showed us everything with his pops. They showed us how he was kind of an asshole to his teammates mm-hmm. in a way that, you know, he's obviously he's riding Scott Burrell yeah. and stuff. And he's, you know, make that free throw. ho you know, it's not bitch. You know, I, I mean, you and I both played basketball. if, I'm just keeping it in the Buckingham Palace right now, okay? And, and I'm not trying to act like a super tough guy. I'm not trying to act like I'm Iron Mike Tyson. If any one of my teammates that I've ever had called me a hoe or a bitch, it would be a fight. I mean, I mean that's just that's just what it is. Like, we got to square up now. Yeah. I don't know if you saw the clip circulating on Twitter where there's a dude who looks like Jeff Goldblum, and he's fighting a dude with his shirt off. And he absolutely beats the dog shit out of him. No. Let me show you this clip real quick. And this is why we got to get the pod on video. We, we got to get the podcast on video so we could just have a, a big screen right here to the right of me. That's not how it would work. And then but- boom, the clip shows up. We all laugh together. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> That's not how that would work technically, but okay. So let me see here. All right. So I just want to show you this because this, this would be me and You don't expect people to break out kicks in a fight. No. So now maybe it's becoming more like when we were growing up, you just didn't kick. Uh, That that was off limits. That's off limits. You you boxed or you wrestled. Yeah. But there was no kicking. There was no karate. It was like, dude, what are you doing? So here it is here. Okay. So I want to show this to you. That's a dog. That sounds like a German shepherd. Yeah. So here he is. You can tell the guy with the shirt off has no hands by the way. He throws his setup. So he actually fainted the kick first. Yeah, Jeff Goldblum kicked him to the midsection, and he feels it. Oh, and then he does a roundhouse. I mean, and then his 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 striking oh, so was guy hands. did karate. This guy did actual karate. But, but watch this. Watch this. He lines it up, bum, right to the midsection, and he and he folds him. That's what I would have done to MJ. Oh, you would have kicked him in the. I would I would have kicked him in the side. I would have tried. Okay, if we can really just take a little uh side deviation here okay. from that fight. I want to I want to verbally depict this visually. Okay. Just like we did with the barbershop chronicles when the dude came in and took a w- took, took a shit. Yeah. Okay. Drank a water. Sized up the the barber in the back came out, took a cold water and was walking around like he had a ball sack the size of a watermelon <laughs> okay. the entire time. Yeah, all right. Yeah guy was bold like it, okay that's well, what i'm telling you so <laughs> i want to do the same like thing. he was riding a horse okay that's what we're telling you i want to do the same thing with guy was ge- wearing true religion jeans yes <laughs> with the jeff goldblum cousin i'm gonna say that's jeff goldblum's cousin yeah. we know it wasn't jeff all right yeah Jeff's too that, cool just too cool for that yeah, that's ezra goldblum so they square up right away you can tell that goldblum is going to win because he's at least got his the confidence his, of the stance it it wasn't just the confidence of the stance it was the technique was it was more sound he had his left and his right hand up in a boxing stance kind of covering his chin and his face where they're supposed to be when you're boxing <laughs> yeah. the, I mean, the other guy was like that the white trash dude who looked like he probably had like you know a case of natty ice before the fight oh definitely started. was drunk definitely was intoxicated he's squared up, inebriated even yes Uh definitely inebriated he's squared up shoulders squared yeah that's not how you fight all right unless you're james tony shouts to the boxing fans who know james tony you you don't fight that way yeah you know you fight like more similar to like if you were hitting a baseball yeah you're shaded one way yeah that's the trajectory that's the angle of the bod of the body so he's squared up straight, yeah. just looking at it. perpendicular him. to the square. Yeah, word to RZA. It's not. It's not a good look. Okay. Then he's got his hands out here. Yeah, he's, he's the doing last it, place you'd want him. He's doing the Macarena. He's doing. I don't know what he's doing. He was. If he's going to do like the Donkey Kong, like you know, like or no? Oh, he was Bush- getting ready to do the bushwhacker. Bushwhackers. He was getting ready. He looked like a bushwhacker. Yeah, maybe it was. That would be a plot twist. Jeff Goldblum beats the shit out of you know one of the bushwhackers mr bushwhacker number one damn so he's in the bushwhacker stance covering anything but his face yeah his face is wide open yeah and then as soon as he throws a punch you can tell like okay this guy can't fight his way out of a wet paper bag goldblum's hands are quick but he doesn't really know how to throw a punch either no he's methodical though they, they scuffle there's a fury and a flurry the bushwhacker actually faints a low leg kick. Yeah, maybe he's starting to watch him. UFC. I Who think it was a, like I was a fake kick to the nuts. Wasn't a nut kick. I'll show it to you again off air. Okay. <laughs> he feints a low leg kick, on 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 with the right, and Goldblum has an epiphany uh, and realizes he can kick. Kicks I, are open. I train Muay Thai. Yeah, hop, I'm, hop hop keto I'm Even I am going to obliterate this piece of dog shit. Uh-huh. And so, boom, he hits him. And he hits him with a spinning back kick. Yeah, that was very well placed. And the only good thing that the bushwhacker did in the fight was he actually blocked that kick. <sighs> that was incredibly accurate. If I tried to perform that maneuver right now, uh, a spinning no, it a roundhouse backwards kick. roundhouse. Yeah, I would fall on my ass. <sighs> he executed it flawlessly. I might tear an ACL it was it was flawless it was a lot of torque on the knees there i mean it's just and then not only that he put it right on the beak yeah but the guy actually and i'm sure it was you know completely accidental i'm I'm sure it was just coincidence but he actually blocked it yeah so then boom he bum rushes him again and he's really tagging him up now because the bushwhacker is not covering his face like an (laughs) asshole and he gives him his back, and he's leaned up against a car. Yeah. We've got some commentary. We've got the German Shepherd <laughs> barking, barking continually, and, and, and then I hear a woman's voice. Okay, and Goldblum is about to start, you know, hanging on him from the back, and and, he, and to, he, to quote MJ, haul off on him. He was about to haul off on him yeah. like MJ did Steve Kerr, and he realizes, you know what, this dude's ribs are wide open. Yeah, and you know what, he backs. He's a little up. out of shape. Yeah, he's got that Tyson Fury bod, and so he backs up. He gets the range right, very precise, very malicious. Yeah, and boom, with evil intentions, hits him with another front roundhouse. This time, you know, lower level hits him right in the midsection, and just and just that was the end of it. Down goes Frazier. He didn't actually go down, but he was fucked up. He did a you know he did a spin around the car. He he was a pirouette. They 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 did a number on him. Okay, they did a real number on him. So I I just wanted to say that i'm surprised that people tolerated the mj stuff yes he was the greatest player ever and maybe it was a a thing like hey look i'm sure if you hauled off and punched michael jordan you're in trouble now yeah also michael jordan is 6'6 he's a great athlete now he's out there with other good athletes too but there's also the possibility that like Steve Kerr found out, Michael Jordan beat your ass. Yeah. Well, what they said is that the only person he wouldn't do it to, or no, this is actually, I watched Stephen A. Smith. He was saying that the only person he didn't ever do that to was Charles Oakley, who would flat out beat Jordan's ass. Uh, well, you know, th- there was, I mean, Charles Oakley would, yeah, he would beat almost everyone's ass, but that was also when Jordan was younger. I think a lot of this kind of stuff the second Came- peat during the second three-peat. I, you know, no, but like th- that's the whole Jordan rules thing that came out during the first three three-peat is that he was basically a bad teammate. Yeah, it, it, it was for sure. But, but you're I think, saying like this, I just think it was more so
1: or, or more
0: elevated on the second three three-peat because listen, Jordan's a little bit older now he's in his thirties. He's already won scoring titles and MVPs and a three peat and he's already the greatest player of all time. Consensus. Yeah. And I, I i think he really was trying to drive these guys to, to to more. Yeah. And to his level. And obviously I thought one of the kind of funny quotes was Scott Burrell, who the the common fan, the casual, especially in 2020, probably doesn't know who Scott Burrell is. Yeah. You and I know who Scott Burrell is, but and if you're watching the documentary, now you do too. But I thought it was interesting. He was like, you know. MJ was pushing people to be as good as him but like what he didn't know is like I'm, Only Scott, he- I'm Scott Burrell yeah I can't be as good as you yeah and I'm sure MJ understood that on some level but I just thought they humanized him in a way that they have not because in the first couple episodes it's like he he's a superhero yeah he he's like a Disney character he's a a movie star he's everything he's like this perfect he's on the Wheaties box and you know I want to be like Mike and it's like this whole thing and episode seven and eight really nailed I think Michael Jordan the good and the bad and they're diving into things to your point that we've already known but like I said they're giving us it in more detail from different perspectives I mean the whole thing like obviously i knew that his father had gotten killed right i didn't know any details of it other than that really yeah but even if you did because i think some people remember the details i agree with you i also like i didn't know he was like missing for several weeks and they didn't know you know what i mean yeah for sure i mean there's little things where they go a little bit more in depth and if you didn't you know you and i were were young kids at that time and so if you don't remember that yeah sure there's different stuff like that no but so there's that then there's the the fact that he won on father's day they talked about the the curve fight yeah the father's day thing and like i mean i knew that he cried i had never heard that clip personally i had seen the picture i had never heard that clip with audio before so i i've seen the clip of him crying because the nba had an ad campaign that maybe like five six years ago with the NBA ball and it was like the NBA ball was talking and it had all these moments, but it, there was no audio. You don't yeah. hear Jordan crying. Exactly. You hear a fictional ball saying like that, you know, me and Jordan had a moment and it was special. All these yeah, things. Exactly. And I, I know exactly what you're talking about. So, but yeah, you never hear it with the audio little stuff like that, you know, is, is I, I thought really made this cool and, and the aspects and the time frame and the, the stuff that they're addressing and talking about and one of the things well two things number one shouts to whoever is putting the music selection together because it continues to be absolutely incredible yeah very good number two i think you know even jordan said before the documentary aired that people weren't going to like him very much yeah and i like him more i like him much more actually now you and i we grew up knicks fans we grew up hating jordan on the one hand and idolizing him on the other right because he's the best right but it's he's the best and he's not on your team yeah exactly and and because he he was i mean he was really taking it to the knicks but it's i don't know I, i just come away liking him more after seeing this flaw recognizing and acknowledging the flaws that he had and what type of teammate he was and all of those things, the good and the bad. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I like him more. And one of the things that I saw a lot of people talking about, um, with episode seven is like, it's the last minute where they say, like, he goes, you know, people are going to say he wasn't a nice guy. Right. Maybe he's a tyrant. That's you. Cause you never won anything. Right. And then he takes the break and then the episode ends basically. Right. And people were talking about how powerful that was. And, and it was, but to me, the actual most powerful like single quote was about a minute earlier than that in the episode where he said, all of my teammates will tell you one thing about Michael Jordan. And, and that's that he never asked me to do something that he didn't fucking do. Yeah. And to me, that's like the true, like, if you want to be a good leader, like you can be a really good player and you can be all these things. But when you do that, uh, to me that I give my respect to that. Yeah, I I mean, I I think that, I think there's definitely, that's admirable. You know, I mean, there's nothing kind of cornier or more whack than you telling someone to do something that you've never done. That's my whole thing with, this is obviously getting extreme to prove a point, but that's that's Skip Bayless. Bayless, He talks shit about LeBron, but you've never even been, you averaged one point per game when you were a junior on on JV. JV. You know, so it's, I like that quote from MJ too. I like the end of it too, where he said, Hey, look like you don't have to play this way. This is the way that I played. Yeah. But, and to both of those points and quotes, what I like most, and I think respect most about him outside of the actual game is that in this documentary, he appears very honest. Yeah. And that's something that we don't get much, right? Because of social media, like, I don't know how Jordan would have done. He would have done great basketball-wise. I don't know how he would have done and been perceived, and maybe he would have adjusted probably, in the social media era. Yeah. Because you look at the magnifying glass and the scrutiny that a guy like LeBron is under, it's ridiculous. Yeah. So if MJ thought the media was bad then, and he was sick and tired of dealing with them then, how do you think he would have felt in the social media era? Yeah. So but i think because of that it's like lebron like a lot of these guys you know and not just lebron but all the stars and even the guys who aren't stars they're more politically correct they are have you know speech coaches and and they've got people who you know train them and yeah, give PR them classes people, and, yeah. and all of that stuff and i think michael jordan was a little more raw and he was allowed to be and talking in present day, he seems just really, really honest. And I think that that's been really yeah, dope. So I we've talked about this way too long. We're already 40 minutes in and uh, apologies. Yeah. But, you know, when it comes to Mike Tyson and Michael Jordan, we get riled up. Yeah. So I was going to jump into some other stuff, but there's not time. We'll, we'll tackle that during this weekend. We were going to do a Patreon exclusive this past weekend. And Mother's Day i've had forgotten about mother's day don't tell me don't tell me ma and remembered at the last minute so we'll do a patreon exclusive podcast and and we have a lot more to talk about a lot of other cool things to dive into now yeah. but right now i want to move over to patreon the suggested topics and these are always quite frankly the i know i'm sure there's going to be jordan stuff i'm sure there's going to be tyson stuff haven't gone through these yet but let's see what we got. So first up is Jack. Should the NBA season continue or should they just give it up this year? If so, how will that affect LeBron's legacy as the Lakers were looking like the team to beat? Man, deep breath. Um, I think I would love them to continue on the one hand because I'm a sports nut and I love basketball. But if they can do it safely, I think that they should do it. If they can't, then I don't think they should. I don't think it's something that they should risk or compromise. Well, so here's my thought on it, because I got a little bit of a different thought, which is I think that they just got to have an abbreviated season with no champion. And I know they lose a lot of money, and I know that's not ideal to have a, you know what I mean? These guys tried so hard and for there to be nothing at the end of it. I think too much stuff has passed. Like if it was a month, month and a half, you know, like there's. That's right in that range, I think i think it's been a what is it a couple months i think it's a couple months and there's they're not even gonna talk about it for an, until june like it like there's no like the timetable right now that i've seen that they're shooting for is late june okay the, but they're not he, gonna make a decision until here's why june. i think you don't want it is because you love lebron and you think that it kind of short changes him a little bit for sure what I'm going to tell you is I think he's got a better chance to win it this season than next.
1: And and I I think
0: with LeBron, with a guy like him, who's 35, right? The, the the clock is ticking for sure. And I, I know that LeBron is working on his game. I know that he's in great shape right now. Whereas other guys may not be. Yeah. So now, of course, I'm sure that the greats are, I'm sure Giannis is, I'm sure a lot of those guys are, but A lot aren't. And I think that actually LeBron's best chance for a championship the rest of his career is now, is right now. Well, if that's the case, then I want it. Exactly. But, but, but here's the thing. And I watched the UFC stuff this weekend. Right. And there's no fans and it's blacked out. You know, they make it, it doesn't look bad. Right. Like it doesn't look like, wow, there's no one here. But first of all, you can hear the punches, which is one of the weirdest things that because you can't hear the kicks and stuff, right, so these dudes are like getting kicked in the body, and you just hear like these absolutely horrific sounds what, what what's the, what's the point? My point is with basketball and with any sport, the crowd is a huge part of it right I so, agree, so to me it seems a little bit like it seems almost it seems like pick up basketball on a really high level now it won't be, but that's I, what it will appear to be. I, I I do understand what you're saying. I think it's a valid point, you know, but who's to say even by the start of next season that everything's back to normal and we can be in arenas? Like, this might have to be a bit of a new normal for, for a time. And so I think, I think with all things considered, I think that if they can do it safely, they should. And I actually think that LeBron has... His best chances right now. Okay. So so to answer the, the the second part of that question or topic, whatever you want to call it, from Jack, I think if they come back, I got my money on the Lakers because I think LeBron is going to benefit the most from the rest. Well, Giannis also, because he had the little... He tweaked his knee a little. I don't think it was going to be anything too major, and he's like 25 years old, Well, you know, or however old he is. Yeah. Also, I think Kawhi, who's had some physical stuff like with the Raptors, and which is why they've been load managing them so much. There's no question. And I think a lot of them, I mean, it's such... It's a grueling people season. People don't realize how grueling basketball is. Yeah. An 82-game season, you know, you, you think Plus of... Plus the playoffs, yeah. You think of football as like the grueling sport, and I'm not comparing the two, but basketball is a lot of wear and tear. You know, it's, it's different. In football, someone comes crashing into your knee and you tear every ligament. Yeah. In basketball it's pounding and pounding and cutting and cutting and pounding and you know it really does take a toll so i think lebron's best chances right now is is, is the moral of the story but let's keep it moving here. okay craig mack i'm going through a situation with a crazy neighbor that we don't get along with any stories of a crazy neighbor you had to deal with Ooh, man i actually have a very crazy neighbor story i guess i'll do the abbreviated version or we'll be here all day okay so um i'm driving and i'm near home okay you and i were living together and i see all of a sudden a minivan pull up behind me but really aggressively and and it almost like looked like he swerved across a couple like two lanes and i'm over in a left turn lane and he and i was like oh he must have missed his uh must have forgot that he had to turn or he must, the have, exit. Yeah, he must have to turn around yeah. or he must have just been day daydreaming or whatever. It was nighttime, by the way. Set the scene. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm looking back, but I, you know, I don't really think too much of it. You know, I make a left and the dude is really riding my ass. Yeah. And, you know, I'm not a guy. Listen, you know, we're from New York city. I, you know, lived in New Jersey. I mean, New Jersey is just as ruthless yeah. as New yeah. York city as far as driving goes in. It, it's a, the tri-state area. Daredevils is, a, is aggressive driving. Yeah. So, but he's really riding my ass and I'm like, all right, that's interesting. So whatever, I'm going about my business and driving along and I get into another left lane. Yeah. And again, he kind of swerves over and I'm like, all right, what's going on here? Yeah. So I start peeking in the rear view and I'm looking back and I can't quite see in. You know, I, I'm 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 looking in there. I can't quite see in tinted. It's a minivan. It wasn't fully tinted, but some but, tint. But I, there was some tint, and it was nighttime, and I just couldn't really see. So I'm like, all right, what's going on here? And it's a minivan, so I don't know what's if, going on. I don't I don't know if there's six dudes in there. I don't have any any outstanding beefs. You know, I don't know what's going on. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, I bust the left. He he busted left. So I'm like, all right, now I'm pretty sure this dude's following me. Yeah. So a light is turning orange. And yellow. I like to say yellow. And I basically blow through the light. Okay. All right. Safely. It's nighttime. There's not much going on. But You're I, trying to evade. I almost run the red. He completely runs the red. Okay. And so now I'm like, all right, th- this dude is definitely, definitely on my tail. I'm being tailed here. Yeah. I call you up, I say, yo, look, there's a guy, there's a minivan following me, I don't know who's in the minivan, I'm gonna bring him back to the 7-Eleven, near the crib, Yeah, and meet me there, and from there, we get it popping. Yeah. Right, you know, I I mean, in hindsight, maybe I should have said, yo, um, maybe I should have called the cops. Yeah. I don't know, but that's not really in my nature, it's not really how I handle aggressive behavior, really, you know, so- and now, so I bust a right, I bust a left, and now it's clear that he's following me. Yeah. You know, so I'm like, all right, say no more. At this point, at first I was a little worried. I was like, what's going on here? At this point, I know he's following me. So I'm-, I'm No I'm real, longer I'm, worried, I'm yeah. relatively calm. I'm like, listen, like, I'm going to pull over. I'm going to see what's going on. And if, you know, if he wants action, then then he can have some action. You know, I can turn into Jeff Goldblum and hit him oh. with the with the backwards, no look roundhouse. Yeah. Right to the kisser. So you're about that action, boss. Absolutely. So I pull into the 7-Eleven. I see you lurking in the shadows. Yeah. All right. No mullet at this time. No mustache flapping in the wind. No, but ready. All right. But ready. Very, very ready. And you and I had pretty recently had knee surgeries and stuff. So we weren't physically in the best shape. Nonetheless, we were ready to rumble. Yeah. So I pull in to the 7-Eleven. He pulls in. So I get myself in a situation. I don't know if he has a gun. I don't know if he has a weapon. I don't know what he has. So I hop out of the car and I'm kind of shielding myself with the door a little bit. Now, I don't know what good that would do. A bullet would go through the door. But I kind of give him like the hand motion. Two hands up. What's going on? Not the bushwhacker. Two hands up. But two hands up like, what's up? Yeah. Like, you know. What's the word? Exactly. You know, what's it hitting for? What's the problem? Yeah. And. Is there a problem? Right. And so he kind of scoffs. And now I can see him a little bit better. He's got a Yankee hat on. Yeah. Now I'm very offended. Yeah. My, my own, because this was in Florida. A fellow Yankee. So I'm like, a fellow Yankee is harassing me. Yeah. All right? So I can see he's like a, a, a middle-aged Spanish dude. I don't recognize him at all. I'm trying to think. Trying do to I, place him. Trying to place his do face. I know this guy. You know what I mean? Where do I know this guy from? Okay. So I walk over to the car. And I'm like, what's going on? What's up, man? Yeah. And he's, you know, kind of talking a mile a minute about how, and this is, this is a true story. This is a true story. Factual. Buckets can corroborate it. He's telling me that I've been stalking his wife. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, so then right away, I'm like, oh, so now I'm super calm. Yeah. Wrong because guy. I'm like, oh, you got the wrong guy. I'm not stalking nobody. I'm not stalking anybody, much less somebody's wife. So he says, um, then you start walking over because, you know, again, you don't know if there's other people in there. I quickly scoped the scene. I looked at his hands. I didn't see any weapons. I looked at the minivan. There was no one else in the whip. No one else on, on his person. So I'm like, all right, if he reaches for something, I'll see it, whatever, whatever. So now you start walking over and, and I'm in the process of telling him, bro, listen, I don't know you. I don't know your wife, and I'm not stalking nobody. You got the wrong guy, you know? And he then looks at you and points to you and says, okay, not you, but him, and points to you. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, first I was the stalker. Now it's my brother's the stalker. And I'm like, listen, bro, listen, what are you talking about? What, What are you basing this on? And he's not really giving us anything. And But at this point, I haven't lost my temper. I'm still pretty calm, and, you know, I don't feel threatened in any way. And then, now, if anyone knows me, I'm sure a lot of people listening to this right now know me good enough to know that I love my dog. Yeah. Okay? So, Styles P, RIP to the God, Mm -hmm. all right? Passed away in the physical, but he said, you... Oh yeah, you guys got that pit bull. And so now I'm flustered. Yeah. Because now I'm like, this fucking guy's stalking me. Yeah. So I'm like, you know, so and 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 then he makes another comment about our sister. So now I'm furious. And he even suggests that she's stalking. Yeah. And so now I don't know what's going on, but I feel threatened. You know, you mentioned my sister. You, you know, me and you. It was kind of whatever. I'm like, listen, bro, Hey, you come know, on, right, wrong guy. Hey, what do you want? Hey, give me a break. Yeah. Now I feel very threatened, and that I'm not going to tolerate. So I I try to get him out of the. I try to pull him out of the car. Long story short, after a bit of a long winded yeah story, is. I try to pull him out of the car. He speeds off, rolls up the window, calls the cops. So you and I are still there, right? Now, we actually didn't know he was necessarily calling the cops. I'm going to give the fast forwarded version here, okay? Basically, the cops came, six cars deep, guns out, locked and loaded. We got our hands up. Get on the ground. Get on the ground. I was on the phone and I had to throw my phone. You had to throw your phone because you, we didn't want them to think that it, it was a gun or whatever. Yeah. So you dropped the phone so they don't, you know, think that it's something that it's that's not supposed to be. They're very serious. Rambo commando. They come up slowly. They cuff us. Um, yeah, it was a full tactical fucking takedown. It was a tactical takedown. They... Put us on the ground. They cuff us way too tight. They're cutting off circulation. It was actually, it was in Florida, but it was actually kind of cold at the time. Yeah. If you remember that, I was freezing my balls off on the concrete. Yeah, we were laying on the ground face face down. Yeah. And so they're asking us, hey, you know, asking us some questions and whatever, whatever. They're being pretty rough. And come to find out, he told them that I put a gun in his face. Yeah. And which was not true. Did not have a gun on my person. Did not. Threatened him with a gun, did not put a gun in his face. So they're tearing up my car. They're looking in the dumpster in the parking lot next door. They're telling me if they find the gun that I'm, I'm, I'm in trouble, jail, yeah. I'm going to jail. And, you know, they're playing hardball with me. And I'm telling them, look, you know, I, I, I don't have a gun. And so they realized in talking to him, he basically admitted to them that he was, because the cop asked me yo, what's going on? And I, I I told him, I said, yo, listen, bro was following me for three, four miles. And so I called my brother up. We we looped it back here to the thing. And, and we were, you know, trying to see, you know, we were ready to fight, yeah. you know, because that's the, that's the energy I was getting from him. we were trying to protect ourselves. So he said, he admitted to basically following us. And I think they could tell that the dude had a couple screws loose. So nobody got arrested. They uncuffed us. No one got arrested. Nothing happened. And, they apologized um no, I, don't, I don't remember an apology but please apologize to me cuz they were fucking really fucking they had my- them cuffs on tight but then um we found out and we didn't know this that the dude was a neighbor yeah so that's the moral of the story that's the uh, sorry it took a while to get there it was a crazy night he was an uh he lived like four houses down from us i had never seen the dude before a day in my life ever But I guess he thought because we came and went so frequently and we all had different cars, you know, my car, your car, our sister's car, we walked the dog a lot because we were always walking and driving in front of his house. But that's the way we go to leave. Yeah. Like no matter what we were driving to, we were basically driving by his house. Yeah. But it's just on a regular street. It's not like it's on some back road or some shortcut or we were cutting through an alley behind his house. Yeah. So it's the regular street. So, um, how we dealt with it was, um, I, I, I forget, I know that we had a couple other little interactions with him. At least I did. I think I might've even told him to like, never try some shit like that again. And, and, and we just kind of stayed away from each other. And I think about a year later he moved out. Yeah. And so he's no longer there now, but there's a crazy neighbor story for you a very crazy neighbor story so uh best of luck bro M- my advice would be keep it as cordial as possible as you can with your neighbors because that's that, where you sleep that's where you live you, you don't want to feel unsafe where you live that you know hey listen that, that's my advice take yeah. it for what it's worth mac lowry who you guys rolling with in the nelly versus luda battle nelly i'm going nelly i, I don't is- like luda luda is like the original comedy rapper Listen, I know Luda has a lot of hits. I know he does. There are a couple Luda songs that I enjoy. For sure. But I'm going Nelly because Nelly takes me back to an exact time in my life. Um, Nelly, I, I remember buying that Country Grammar album. Great album. As a kid and just playing it on repeat. You know, this is back when you were buying the CDs. Yeah. This is and back when I was doing the CD, uh, get six CDs scam situation. It, it, exactly. And it's, yeah, for a penny. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I, I bought that Nelly CD from the Virgin Mega Store in Times Square, New York City. I walked over, I bought that one. That, you know, I was like my thing. I would save up money and I bought that CD and I just listened to it over and over and over again, and to this day, one of my favorite Nelly songs. Do you know what I'm gonna say? I mean, yeah, I'm loving it, me, it, loving me, loving me is just. I mean, lo- let's play a little bit right now. It's incredible. Hey Ma, how you doing? doing it's, it's your, your son, son now. now. I mean, just this takes me right. I back. mean, there was also uh, what was it, ride with me. I mean, he had a bunch of them, yeah. And obviously, country grammar was country grammar was the first hit, but ride with me was like a ne- the next single. And the whole third verse is really just like shout outs to people. This is my favorite Nelly song right here. Hey, my, how you, you doing? doing? It's your son now. And up the and point to put the drugs down. Now I'm trying to do some things, things that make you proud. I every time yeah, I love it. Could you now. say I'm stuff now. like I'm this? Could you say stuff like this led the way for? The Drake's of the world? I don't know. You'd have to ask Drake. Is that a reach? Is that a stretch? I don't know. You got to stop yawning because when you yawn, I, I, I'm the guy keeping this thing no, going. Just, when I... you yawn, it becomes very hard not to yawn. Well, in, in fact, if you don't yawn when you see a yawn, I think you are they say you're a sociopath. Yeah. So I didn't yawn. And, uh, so uh, I'm, f- I'm forcing you to be a sociopath? You, you're basically forcing me down a very dark path. Okay. Please stop. Okay. I, I'm taking Nelly. I, listen, I, I don't know Luda's whole dis- discography off the top of my head. I'd have to even brush up on a lot of Nelly stuff, especially some of the later stuff, but I like Nelly better. I'm going Nelly. I'm going Nelly as well. Nico Fuego. It's game seven of the ALCS, and you're playing the Trash dros. Great name. Yeah, love it. To punch your ticket for a World Series berth, name your pitching staff, starter, middle inning reliever, setup man, and closer... But all of your pitchers are characters from Goodfellas. Who do you choose? This is incredible. Shouts to Nico Fuego for one of the better topics ever in recent history. Man. Okay. So the starter, man. Okay. So Goodfellas. Jimmy the Gent is a starter. I don't feel like Jimmy the Gent is the starter. No, he's a starter. He's the wily veteran starter. So we we can move around on this a little bit. Okay. Okay. So you... We know who the closure is going to be. DeVito. De, no, not DeVito. De Pesci. Pesci. Oh, Pesci. Holy Pesci. i hey, Oh, uh, hey. i Sopranos. Pesci. By the way, I am burning through Sopranos. And you know what's funny? I didn't see someone tweet about Sopranos and say, oh, I want to go watch that. It's something I had wanted to watch with the quarantine. I've had some more time to watch it. But I've seen on Twitter organically, some oh. other people are re-watching oh, wow. it too. Maybe it's just. The fact that it's one of the greatest shows ever, and so people are going back to that one. Yeah, I'm going to rewatch The Wire next. In fact, I've already started. But forgive me for being more and more in touch with my Italian okay, side. Sorry. More Th- now than ever. I mean, that was bad. DeVito Pesci, I apologize. Pesci is the closer. I think we all know yeah. that. He comes out. It's not like Wild Thing in Major League where he comes out, Wild wow, Thing, but he comes out like... He's just walking. Yeah. And he's let me paint this fucking picture for you right here. He's got a leather jacket on, okay? Yeah. He's got a leather jacket. Now, I know he was a suit guy, but he's got a nice leather on. And he's over the pinstripes, yeah. or over the Yankee uniform. Uh, obviously. And, and he's walking, right? There's no music. Okay. There's no music or there's Frank Sinatra. Either way. My way. By Frank Sinatra. My way Frank Sinatra. I like I like what you did there. And He's walking to the mound out of the bullpen, but he's just got that that grimacing, terror, Joe Pesci from Goodfellas. Psycho, yeah. On his face. And it's just, it, it, it's very intimidating. So I think the Sandman would be proud. He's the closer. All right? Okay, yeah. He's the closer. The starter, you want to go Jimmy the Gent? Gotta be. Okay, so we'll go. I'm mean, Henry Hill's the- out. He's not fucking on my team. I, 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 no no he can't be on the team no rats on the team no rats on the team so rats get fat while good, good men, men starve amen amen wise words so who do we want to go so we got Jimmy the Gent at the starter so we need a middle reliever and a setup man okay so the middle reliever now I think Jimmy the Gent can can, can, can carry I, I think he could go deep into the game yeah i think we can get him at least to the seventh but hey listen okay so if we want to take him to the fifth um who do we want to put you know this is going to probably be a bad take maybe but paulie now nah, you know paulie he looks kind of like babe ruth hey, he's a setup man for sure he's a setup man I I just don't I don't his his wind bothers no, me. No no, that's why he's a setup man. You only get one out of him. You know, you know we talked about Tyson Fury, we talked you know I I'm big on the physique. Yeah. I don't know about that physique. And I'm probably going to go I might even go Karen. Well, that was going to be my that was going to be my possibly bad take <laughs> because I've never seen her throw a baseball. I've never seen any of them throw a baseball, but she was also an intimidator i, I mean she, she you wake up she's got a, a a revolver pointed at your melon yeah and she was she ferocious. ferocious she also got assaulted by uh the neighbor and uh you know sick henry hill on that fucker exactly and she's also whipped him right in the face she's also in sopranos uh dr melfi yeah so that's that's always been a weird that's always like hard for me to uh uh connect those things i'm gonna go her on the setup Okay. So she's setting up Pesci. Okay. She's setting up Pesci. De Niro tried to set her up. Tried to send her down down the block to get a coat. Yeah, yeah, go in there. Make her right. Yeah, 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 Go in there. Go in the back. Go in there. And uh, she hauled ass and ran away. Yeah. I gotta go. So (laughs) that lets you know that she's pretty smart. (laughs) Yeah. As well. So she's going to be our setup person. All we need now is- The reliever. That middle relief. It got to be Pauly. You're going Pauly over over henry hill yeah, yeah henry hill i, I will not allow on my team man it's a pile of shit f you pay me no f you get off my team we could always go billy bats also we go samuel L. billy bats is in Ooh, samuel L. i like that i like that a lot hmm he was in on the lufanza how, how do you say that name ooh. yeah that sounds about right um man that that, this you know i i I take my starting fives i take my relief pitching billy bats not a pitcher no 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 no, billy bats is out billy bats is out billy bats is in the trunk um so i like samuel l am i forgetting anybody sure there's a million guys in the movie one million i mean there's so many guys in that movie like samuel jackson's in that movie for example yeah you got you got maury yeah, I don't want to win- go with I I, thought, I, I don't want to go with Maury. Nah, nah, fuck Maury. Hey, Maury. I don't want to go with Maury. I guess, I guess we'll go Samuel L. I'm going Samuel Paulie. Samuel I'm going Paulie. I'm going Samuel L. That, look at David Wells. There's been some fat there's I'm, been some I'm, fat guys that can throw not, the heat. Not not listen. Uh, listen, I, I'm a bit of a husky boy myself. Okay. I, I I'm just saying that he's a lot bigger than David Wells was. And, and he's, th- that dude couldn't reach the mound. If we're keeping to the buck, you look at it realistically, he couldn't reach the mound. Samuel L. is long. He's lanky. He's rangy. He's built like Randy Johnson. He's my, built like Chris Sale. I'm Sayle, going, my I'm, boy. I'm going Samuel L. Samuel L. Jackson, middle relief. Okay. There it is. What are we at for time here? Holy. Hey. Oh. Man, you talk too much. <laughs> you talk too much and you yawn too much. No. All right, what do we got here? Only on twice. We'll, we'll, we'll do a few more here. Um, okay, Patrick Pogue. What up, Buckets and Foamzel, Washington. For, it has a nice ring to it, nah. Foamzel, Washington. If you guys could enter one of the all-star challenges, which one would you pick? Three-point slam dunk skills challenge, etc. cetera. I think I'd actually have the best chance in the skills challenge. That's right up my alley. Yeah. I'm a phenomenal passer. I can shoot the ball. I could would say three point as well, but I think I'd actually realistically have a better chance to compete right now in the skills challenge. Well the skills challenge and the other thing is the guy that wins the skills challenge is the guy that really just makes that one bounce pass on the first try and runs hard. Cause like a lot of guys are being too cool for school. If you watch it, they don't want to run hard. That's and true, but you got to make a, a jump shot. No, you got to make a jump shot. But the thing, that, like most guys, hit the jump shot on the first or second try. The, I don't, I don't think so. No, the thing that you'll see that they really fuck up with, fuck up with, is the bounce pass. I don't think so. No, I, no, no, no. You'll see. I, I don't think go you back re- and look. Watch your I tape. I don't, I don't hey, think you've watched them. Watch your tape. Definitely haven't watched them. But, but watch but, your tape. But but I think that I'd have most success in that. Okay. I'm going to say I have most success in the celebrity basketball game. Not mad at that. Okay. Buckers would go out there and get 30. That's for sure. Okay. I mean, they, Th- those guys, most of them suck. I agree. I just got to call it how it is. That I do. agree. Call, with. Gotta call it. Call it. I see it. That I do agree with. Talon Aplar fellows. First off, want to preach again that I'm appreciating of the work you guys are still putting in during this time regarding the uncivilized essential t-shirts. Is this going to be the new norm where we will get multiple colors or a one off. Also, RIP Jerry Stiller, one of the funniest men to ever live. Serenity now. Um RIP. RIP to Jerry Stiller, a, a goat, a goat in the game, the father of costanza 2020 has been has been a trying year for a lot of us. They've taken a lot of good people from us, but um as far as the uncivilized t-shirts, we are going to do at least one other color. We've gotten samples done and We're actually almost, you know, I'm almost more proud of this than anything else we've done. I agree. We, I think top to bottom, it's the most quality piece we've put out. It's a great t-shirt. We've now are connected with a supplier, a wholesale supplier where we get our blanks from who everything is ethically sourced. Everything is USA made. You know, the t shirts are made in South Central Los Angeles. And they pay everybody a living wage. Everyone gets a living wage. It's the the employees have stake in the company. They're 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 treated well. And in that field, there are a lot of sweatshop type places yeah. where it's just it's really, really screwed up. So it's and i i love the color i love the subtle uncivilized branding on it we got the tag in the back we got the uncivilized tag it's just it's a really really nice shirt so those will be available this friday 12 p.m eastern time quantity limited right quantities are limited but we are going to try to get more made so if you do miss out on them it will be something that is back in stock In a few weeks, now they're not going to be in stock forever. You know, we're not just going to keep keep restocking, keep restocking, keep restocking. But if you do miss out, don't worry too much. This first batch is pretty limited quantities, and I think that people are going to love them. Yeah, I I think that a lot of you are going to like them. And then we have a greenish color, Atlantic Green, Atlantic Green, that is really really nice too, and we'll probably end up releasing that. But actually, to answer your question, as of right now the only one on the docket to release is this coral one that releases Friday. So um, who knows what the future holds with Uncivilized. Maybe, you know, in 2021, we'll move more towards doing collections. I'm not going to talk about it too much right now, but we are eventually going to open a very small little store, uh, local, probably here in Tampa, Florida, or St. Petersburg, Florida. They're right next to each other, if you're familiar. But um that's in the works as well. So stay tuned. And uh, all I can say is we got some really cool shit planned and really cool stuff in the works. And as always, uh, the Patreon team, you know, you guys are going to hear our plans and, and see and hear stuff first. What do we got next? What do we got next? Let me check in on the clock one more time. I don't want to go too, too long. Austin Diatri, Hey, guys, I know you both are into tattoos, have tattoos and plan on getting more. How many do you each have? What are they? And do you have any ideas for future tattoos? Also, do you have any advice for someone looking to get their first tattoo? I've always wanted them, but haven't really had a well-thought-out idea for any until recently. Much love, as always. Much love, Austin. So as far as how many tattoos I have, I don't really know. One, two, three, four, five, six, uh, seven. 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, yeah. I think. I think I have 14. I got plenty. I got ideas for days. I got one, two, three, four, four five. five. Buckets has five. Uh, what are they? Um, I'll just run through them really quick. So Buckets has our last name on his back. Him and I both have pals on the bottom of our bicep um buckets has fate loves the fearless which is something that i agree with on his uh upper chest under collarbone area collarbone sternum area you got a a hawaiian girl yeah hawaiian sophie a hawaiian sophie girl on your uh, forearm and you got humphrey bogart when you go to the big dance dance with the one who bring you yeah from casablanca you got the casablanca tat on the thigh i got um, a bluebird tat it's my favorite poem by charles bukowski i have a cardinal on my right leg um you'll remember this buckets but when we were growing up our mom had a painting of a cardinal and she's always loved cardinals but she got this painting a long long time ago from a relative of hers it wasn't some uh, her godfather her godfather hey the hey, godfather. hey whoa it, it, so it wasn't some great painting or anything, no shots at the Godfather, but it wasn't some super skilled painting, but she liked it a lot and had it framed. And wherever we lived, she kind of hung that up. And that kind of signified home for us, you know? And uh, we've talked about our upbringing before. I won't go into it now, but uh, not a lot of money, a lot of focus on family. And so for me, the Cardinal is kind of for her and for family. Yeah. Um, I also got the Statue of Liberty with, her hands up, ready to fight in, in good, uh, form and P- with, with good boxing form because it's NYC forever, New York all day. You heard, uh, I was born in the bodega. They raised me like Mowgli. I have a gargoyle on my other or on the other side of the forearm. Yeah. That's kind of a family joke. Um, because we lived in, uh, the, the, the places we lived weren't so nice and, uh, we didn't have very nice stuff, and we didn't have very much money. A lot of times, we slept on the floor. Um, I was embarrassed as a kid growing up, and you—you you weren't. You were just happy-go-lucky. I, happy. I was happy. You guy. were living life. You thought it was regular. I was embarrassed, and so if anyone would come to our door, I would only open it about six inches, and I would—and I would have my head out, and I would keep my foot behind the door so that no one could ever come in and no one could ever see in. And I was kind of like the gargoyle. I, I was protecting. Okay. Um, I have a samurai with the Harry Carey, you know, uh, with the sword through his stomach, death before dishonor. I have a skull with the New York Yankee fitted on because, again, it's New York all day. Um, I have a version of the street that we grew up on, Hell's Kitchen, New York City. You got the fire hydrant, you know, that we used to play in with the water coming out. It says the journey is the reward, which is something I believe. Got the basketball there because basketball has been a huge part of my life and my journey. Um, You got the fire escape right there that I used to sleep on. That's, that was actually my first tattoo. And uh, I really loved that one a lot. Uh, I got St. Michael, which is one of my favorites. So uh, my name is Mike, you know, St. Michael. And and I have a good story about that one too. But again, I don't want to uh elongate yeah i don't want to elongate i've i've this has been the elongated episode already i have a tiger on my um other forearm because you got to be a tiger out here i got the pals that i mentioned like buckets does i have a really nice portrait my favorite tattoo is of styles our, our pit bull you know my dog initially but really ended up as more of a family dog yeah you know it's uh, uh styles was your dog as much as he was mine he was our family dog and you know we love him very much so i got the portrait of him i have a little uh uh text on a scroll and a flower that says for he today that sheds his blood with me shall be my brother and i have the virgin mary on the back of my arm and there's one more and there's one more which one did i forget which oh oh, oh that's right so then i i i didn't count that one I, you did you counted it no i didn't I there. think you did. I'm going to recount them, but I definitely didn't count it because in my head, I wasn't counting it. Um, and then I have the uh, the classic New York City coffee cup. Um, oh, that one I wasn't counting. Oh, no, which wait, one are you no. counting? My brother's keeper. Oh, 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 that's right. And then I got the praying hands, uh, my brother's keeper underneath it. I totally forgot about the coffee, coffee cup. For obviously, I, I forgot about it too because it's on this arm. Yeah. I got, if, if anyone from New York is going to know what I'm talking about, even probably New Jersey too, but the... The Bodega coffee cup, the New York City coffee cup, forever immortalized. It's the, it's the blue and white uh, Greek yeah. cup uh, made out of like, you know, cardboard or whatever it is, made out of whatever cups are made out yeah. of. Yeah. So let me recount these one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. 16 you got the virgin mary i think i just counted that i don't think you did all right (laughs) this turned into the tattoo episode yeah hey hey, listen uh uh um ink masters yeah holler at us let's get it popping uh my advice um in getting your first tattoo would be to follow your heart find a good artist and, and follow your heart you know get something that matters to you and not something you want it to look cool of course but don't just go get barbed wire around your um, arm, you well, know? because that doesn't look cool, number one. Right, a lot <laughs> of people growing up back in the day, a lot of kids in my neighborhood got like Chinese symbols and stuff like this. And this is no shots at anyone who has Chinese symbols. But, a, a, you know, a lot of them didn't even know what it, what it meant. Yeah, yeah. To, it was just, it that was just like a trend. That was just a trend, you know? So stay away from trends when it comes to tattoos. Uh, get something tatted that means something to you. That doesn't mean it has to be like some super deep, thing like I got the coffee cup tatted. That yeah. means something to me, you know? But and find an artist who does not only good work, but the style of work that you want. Yeah. You know, you might, for example, looking at both of my forearms here, I have the Statue of Liberty on one, I have St. Michael on the other. They're very different styles. The Statue of Liberty is done in a much more traditional style and Saint Michael is done in a much more realism type of style. So some people special in color. Some people specialize. Did I say special? Some uh, people yeah. specialize yeah. in color. Some people specialize in black and gray. All different yeah, styles. Uh, what, what I guess mine are neo traditional. Your, yeah, yours are yours are probably neo traditional. A, a little bit more on the traditional side. Yeah, the pals is very traditional. Yeah, that's the Hawaiian like, Sophie that's very traditional. Okay, that that's not neo traditional. That's very traditional. Ouchie. Yeah. So it's or you know if you want words, you can go to someone who. You know, specializes in lettering. Yeah. You know the both the last name on your back and fate loves the fearless, both done in in one of one customized font. Yeah. So that would be my guess. You get what you pay for. That doesn't mean you have to go to someone who's booked out eight months yeah, and like a celebrity charges yeah. five hundred dollars an hour. But don't go to some you know you tattoo have party bucks. where they're doing them for sixty bucks. Yeah. yeah. It's just not going to be the same. So. That's my advice. We got a lot of other really good topics here. I haven't looked through all of them, but just glancing down here, but I want to save them for the next pod. And we also have some other topics from last episode that we haven't dove into again yet. So we'll throw all these together and uh, we'll tackle it on the next pod. I feel like this was a good episode, man. Yeah, Talked good. about a lot. Sports, tattoos, Jeff Goldblum roundhouses. Uh, the, it's been interesting. The Goodfellas. The Goodfellas pitching, team? pitching lineup. Yeah. I feel good about it. D- did you, you stayed put with Pauly? Uh, I Come like Pauly. I, mean, you, you I got got like Pauly. Hey, listen, listen. You Sam got Samuel gets whacked. You know, he does like, get whacked. But listen, New York City is, is depending on you. Like, like a uh, World uh, Series birth is at stake here. You're going Pauly over Samuel L. Jackson. Hey, you think that guy's gonna throw got, the more heat don't burn Samuel L. L. Don't burn the sauce. Unbelievable. I'm going Samuel L. I got the final say-so when it comes to New York City. There it is. Okay. Put it in concrete, kid. Got anything to say before we get out of here? I do not. Hope everyone is staying safe out there. Thank you for rocking with us. Thank you for giving us an outlet, um, specifically during this quarantine. You've really helped us kind of kind of get through it and continue to get through it. And it feels like a family ting. You know, uh, Buckets and I, I know I speak for you when I say this. Um, we're very family oriented. And uh, we believe in sticking together. And so I feel like that's kind of what we're building here as well with this podcast and, and all of that stuff. So uh, thank you so much for rocking with us. We will be back very, very soon. Episode 84. Randy Moss. In Z Books. Boom, boom,